0: Now, before we look at other scriptures which are used to suggest a general resurrection, I want to go to Daniel 9. Daniel 9. Daniel 9 is a very interesting chapter. You know, as we've been talking about the second coming and the resurrection and the rapture and all, I have on a few occasions, I'm sure, said, well... Daniel's 70 weeks of prophecy and I've said that the 69 weeks have passed and there's still one week left to to take place in the 70th week and there's a gap between the 69th and the 70th and I gave the illustration of the rugby match we are watching and there was 10 minutes left to go and there was an injury and the referee blew his whistle and everything stopped and they came and they looked at the chap to see who, what was wrong with him. They messed around with him for about 10 minutes and eventually uh, he was taken off the pitch. And then the referee blew the whistle again and the match started again and there was 10 minutes still to go. And that's the way it is with uh, Daniel's prophecy. But I, I, it struck me that perhaps we are not as familiar with this 70 weeks thing as we should be or uh, we're just not familiar with it. So I thought in relation to uh, this whole thing, we would look at Daniel's prayer and the prophecy he gave It was given to him by the angel in Daniel chapter 9. You know, there's a lot more in the book of Daniel than a man of God who was locked up with the den of lions. There's an awful lot more in the book of Daniel than that or Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego being being put into the fiery furnace. There's an awful lot more in Daniel. It's one of the few books in the Bible that's written partly in Aramaic and partly in Hebrew. Esther is another one and there's a verse in Jeremiah which is in Aramaic but most of the rest of the books although they have some Chaldean terms in them, are written in Hebrew. But Daniel, there are a few chapters in Daniel which was written in uh, Aramaic. He was a wonderful man. He was chosen uh, as one of the princes that was taken captive by the Babylonians and he was chosen to be schooled and to be treated favorably by the Babylonians and he lived throughout a, uh, I think about three of the emperors of the various nations that took over after Babylon. So he was a, a remarkable man and he lived obviously till he was well into his 90s. And here we have him in chapter 9. Uh, It says in the first year of Darius, the son of Herasurus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books and the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes he was reading the books of the prophets and he had discovered that Jeremiah had said that Israel was going to be taken captive by uh, the Babylonians but that it was going to be for a period of 70 years and he was reading this and he discovered that 68 of the years had already passed. And he, he started to think about this. And he started to pray to God on behalf of his people. They'd been taken captive. 70 years was nearly up. But you know, the glorious temple had been destroyed in Jerusalem. The walls had been broken down and the gates had been burned with fire. And this was a terrible testimony for a people who had forsaken the God who had chosen them for himself. They had, he had chosen the, 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 the children of Israel. Look at all he had done for them over the years, but they had forsaken him. But still, there was in that nation a godly remnant those who are still following and seeking to follow the true worship of the God of Israel. And there always will be, and there always has been a godly remnant in Israel. Those who seek God's face. And Daniel was one of these, and he was studying the prophets. And he discovered that time was getting on and soon God was God according to the word of Jeremiah was going to bring again the people from captivity back to their homeland and he was concerned for his people he was concerned that they would face up to this fact they had been put into captivity you see one of the reasons why for 490 years Israel had not observed and not worshipped God for 490 years and they had not kept the Sabbath and they had worshipped other gods and God had said they have missed 70 years of Sabbaths 490 years they had not worshipped God and and had not kept the Sabbath. And therefore there were 70 years of Sabbaths which God said had to be accounted for. And that's why he sent them for 70 years into captivity. 70 years they went into captivity because they had not kept those 70 years of Sabbaths. And that was nearly up now. God had said that they would return. There had been those people, uh, false prophets in Jeremiah's time, saying that they would, they wouldn't go into there was going to be peace. They wouldn't go into captivity. They were saying peace, peace, when there was no peace. And those people had said, "You'll be back. You'll be back soon." But God had said, plant vineyards. You're going to be there a while. Build houses. And they were. They were there 70 years. The sad thing is, of course, when some of them got the opportunity to come back, they didn't come back. They became comfortable in the land that had taken them captive. It's not so typical of us. We become comfortable in this world. When we should be only pilgrims, it says, and strangers here. We shouldn't be too comfortable in this world. But the interesting thing was Daniel, he had concern for his family and his friends. And what did it do? It drove him to prayer, to pray for them. That's a picture for us, isn't it? We should be driven to prayer if we are concerned for our family, our friend, our country, our town, our village, or wherever we are. Ten of the tribes had been scattered throughout the land. The Assyrians had taken ten tribes and and replaced them with planted people in Samaria. We talked about that a while ago. And the other two had been taken captive to Babylon. And so Daniel started to pray. And it's a wonderful prayer he prayed. He said, and I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. They hadn't kept their covenant with God. God always keeps his covenant. And That's what he's saying here. Keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. They had rebelled, they had committed iniquity and they had strayed away from God's laws and God's precepts and neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets. And that's interesting isn't it? You remember that parable Jesus told about the king who departed And he left his vineyards and his land in the charge of these people. And they purloined the land. He sent various people to them to speak. And eventually he sent his son. And they killed the son. They said, this is the heir. Come let us kill him. They didn't hearken to the prophets. That was the the, the gist of the parable. And Jesus, and and Daniel is saying here, Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in the name of our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them, because of their trans- trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O oh Lord, to us belong confusion of face. Oh, the, the, the confusion of face, you know, they lost face. They, 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 they were confused to our kings and to our princes and to our fathers because we have sinned against thee to the Lord our God belongeth mercies and forgiveness though we have rebelled against him neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servants the prophets what a wonderful prayer he he realized how sinful and how they had strayed away from God Yea, he says, All Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. So often God in the Old Testament, in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy says, If you stray from me, if you mix with the people, I will bring judgment upon you. But you see, the the, the prophets, and the, 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 a lot of them were false prophets, and they said, no, don't believe that, everything's going to be all right. God won't bring us into judgment. But God had decreed it in the law that if they had strayed away, then he would bring judgment upon them, and eventually he allowed them to be taken into captivity for 70 years. And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us. How did he confirm it? By allowing them to be taken into captivity. Which he spake against us, and against our judges that judged us, by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done, as hath been done unto Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us. God didn't just judge them out of the blue, as it were. He gave them plenty of warning. It was all written down in the law of Moses, in Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, and elsewhere. As he says, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us. God had been perfectly fair in warning them in telling them that judgment would come but they had disobeyed and ignored his law yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth. For we obeyed not his voice. Oh, what a confession this poor man was pouring out to God on behalf of his people. And now, O Lord our God, thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and hast gotten thee renown as at this day. We have sinned. We have done wickedly. Oh, he looks back to the time when God redeemed them from the land of Egypt. When he brought them out from under the rain and tyranny of Pharaoh. Look back to that wonderful time. And yet, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem thy holy mountain because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us oh yes I'm sure they had to stand some abuse This nation who put so much trust and faith in Jerusalem as the city of God, it now lay in a heap of ruins, with the walls broken, their temple destroyed, the altar removed, and the gates broken down. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon all thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. Oh yes, this holy sanctuary. The wonderful... Do you remember when Solomon built his temple? How the wonderful scene of the glory of God filling that temple. And now that had departed. Gone. Oh my God, incline thine ear and hear. Always think, incline your ear. When you're a little bit deaf, what do you do? You you turn your head slightly to try and hear a little bit better. And he's saying to God, listen, incline your ear. Open thine eyes. And behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplication before thee for our righteousnesses. Oh, there's nothing in us that will make you, that should make you turn. We're sinful. But he says, for thy great mercy's sake, the mercy of the Lord from everlasting to everlasting isn't it O Lord hear O Lord forgive O Lord hearken and do defer not for thine own sake O my God and for thy city and for thy people are called and thy people are called by thy name oh he's saying to God these people are called by your name the the children of of God the city is called by your name that's the reason he wanted God to hear his prayer what a wonderful prayer that was and then did God give a response to a prayer like that look at verse 20 while I was speaking and praying confessing my sin and the sin of Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God while I was speaking in prayer Gabriel appeared Isn't That amazing Gabriel appeared. Whom I had seen in the vision of the first. That was previously. He came to me. In swift flight. At the time. Of the evening sacrifice. He came. And he said to me. And this is. This is lovely what he said. He said. Oh Daniel. I have now come out to give you wisdom and understanding. Isn't that amazing? He had come to give Daniel wisdom and understanding. Well, we know that God had previously in Daniel, given Daniel some wonderful insights into dreams and various things. But here was something, something extra he was going to get. He was going to be given wisdom and understanding. At the beginning of your supplications, a word went forth, and I have come to tell it to you. For you are greatly loved. This old man, he was, he was getting on at this stage. One of, the, one of the emperors took him out of retirement and gave him a job again. He'd retired and he was brought out he taken. He hadn't taken early retirement because he was still fairly old but here he is God was saying to him he was greatly loved and God loves us oh God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son we are all greatly loved by God therefore consider the word and understand the vision he said the word, the word went out and I've been sent to tell you that you're greatly loved and I have a special message for you, a special vision. Consider what I'm going to say and understand the vision. It's interesting that Gabriel appeared at the ninth hour, the hour of the evening sacrifice. This sacrifice, the evening sacrifice was a a type, a shadow of the perfect sacrifice which will come. The time, this was the time when our Lord was crucified and when he shouted, it is finished and completed our salvation on the cross. The time of the evening sacrifice. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And, and then he shouted, it is finished. He yielded up the ghost. Our salvation was complete. The time of the evening, evening sacrifice. And this message that Gabriel was going to give was partly about the Messiah who would come. It is important when we think of it to remember that the evening sacrifice was not being observed at Jerusalem. The temple and the altar had been destroyed. This nevertheless did not hinder this old man of God remembering his God day by day. Daniel 6 it says, and Daniel you... The, 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 the enemies of Daniel he, he had enemies in the court and they had persuaded the emperor to write a law that nobody was to worship any other god for a certain length of time and Daniel knew that that writing had been signed he went into his house and his windows being opened In his upper chamber toward Jerusalem. This man's heart was in the city of his God. Where God had declared that's where he would reign. And he kneeled on his knees three times a day. And prayed and gave thanks. Before before his God as he did aforetime. This didn't stop this man from praying to his God three times a day and he gave thanks he was captive he was a a pilgrim and a stranger in this land oh he had been given honour he had been given position but yet his heart was back in Jerusalem this world is not my home I'm just a passing through My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. That's the way Daniel felt about living in Babel. It wasn't his home. His home was back in Jerusalem. And he prayed every morning, every afternoon and every evening. Three times with his windows open. He wasn't ashamed of his God. And here's what the angel, Gabriel, said. If we go to verse 24. Seventy weeks are apportioned out upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Daniel 9 and verse 24 To close the transgressions and to make an end of sins and to make an expiation for iniquity and to bring in the righteousness of the ages and to seal the vision and profit and to anoint the Holy of Holies. Know therefore and understand, from the going forth of the word to restore and rebuild Jerusalem unto Messiah, the Prince, are seven weeks and 62 weeks. Seven weeks and 62 weeks make up a total of 69 weeks. The street and the moat will be built again even in troublous times. And after the 62 weeks shall Messiah be cut off and shall have nothing and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with an overflow and unto the end war the desolations determined and he shall confirm a covenant with the many for one week and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and because of the protection of abominations there shall be a desolator, even until that the consumption and what is determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. Very obscure kind of wording isn't it? Now I've been thinking a lot about these verses which are probably among the most relevant verses of prophecy in relation to end times and in relation to the jewish people daniel was allowed to be privy to a fantastic synopsis of future world history as it would affect his people you know it's important to 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 note that in the old testament the history of nations and people is recorded and it's only there as to how it impinged upon or affected the Jews, God's chosen people that's the reason why we get bits of history in the Old Testament it's always in relation to how it affects uh, the, the Jewish people that's, that's quite an interesting thing to, to remember and this prophecy has been left for us to study as well now all this prophecy this, these three or four verses here 24 to 27 uh, was all to take place within a period of 70 weeks now there, there seems to be very little argument amongst anybody that each of the weeks is seven years seven years And each of the years was a Jewish year of 360 days. So we have 70 weeks and that equals 490 years in total. This prophecy was to take place over a period of 490 years. The prophecy does not refer to the church. What we have Repeated, and we've said that over and over again. The church isn't mentioned in the Old Testament. The church didn't come into Pentecost. The church was hidden God and was introduced then. Verse 24 is a wonderful start and must have been music to old Daniel's ears. Except, perhaps, for two things... In verse 24. There are two things which must have jolted with him a little bit. And they were, if you look at it, seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Why did God not say through Gabriel 70 weeks are determined upon my people and upon my holy city. Why? He said, thy people, talking to Daniel, and thy holy city. The people were in Babylon. As we read that prayer, They were there because they had forsaken their God and God had said, and you read in Hosea chapter 1, God says, there was a a baby born in in that particular passage, and he says, call the baby Lo-Ami. And that meant, ye are not my people. God had turned his face away from Israel. He says, Ye are not my people, I will not be for you. And how sad for Daniel to to be reminded of this. God had allowed his people to be taken into captivity. He had, as it were, turned his back on them because they had disobeyed him again and again and he had warned them again and again and he said, I will not be for you. Daniel was reminded of this right at the start. He who had his nation on, his nation was on his heart day and night. Yet God had reminded him that they were your people and your city you know there's a picture in Ezekiel Ezekiel had a vision of God leaving his people it's a little bit complicated but if you read Ezekiel ten eighteen, it says and the glory this is what uh, Ezekiel saw and it shows the picture of God's presence leaving God didn't leave just like that. He lingered. Ezekiel ten eighteen, And the glory of the Lord went from the threshold of the house and stood above the cherubs. The cherubs lifted up their wings and rose up from the earth in my sight. When they went out, the wheels also were beside them. And he stood at the door of the eastern gate of the Lord's house. And the glory of the God of Israel was over them from above. God was moving away from... This was a vision that Ezekiel had of God moving out of his house. In verse, uh, chapter 11, 22, he says, And the cherubs lifted up the wings and the wheels beside them, and the glory of the Lord God of Israel was over them above. The glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain which is on the east side of the city. Oh, he, he, he was moving away. His presence was moving away from Israel. What did Jesus say? How often would I have gathered you as a hen gathers her chickens. I would but ye would not. This is the same picture. God had moved away from being their God. Jerusalem was his city. He had said that he would be a husband to Israel, but they had gone and committed adultery. That's what the picture was. They had committed whoredoms and adultery and gone away from God who had said that he would be a husband to Israel. Now look again at verse 24. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> uh, Jerusalem this was based we're talking about here the holy city of Jerusalem Jerusalem is the important city the holy city it was it is and it always shall be the center of God's history for this world in Zechariah chapter 12 verse 3 Zechariah says God says through Zechariah the prophet and it shall come to pass in that day that I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone unto all people all that burden themselves with it shall certainly be wounded and all the nations of the earth shall be assembled together against it Jerusalem's always going to be a problem that's what it's saying and eventually all the nations of the earth are going to be gathered together against Jerusalem in that day what day the day of the lord as we have been talking about over the weeks now just quickly we have a look at the rest of verse 24 Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Yes, thy people, the Jews and the holy city, this is what is going to happen to them within this 70 week of years. 490, at the end of this 490, this is what's going to happen. These 70 weeks are apportioned. And during those 70 weeks, this is what is going to be accomplished. What is in... Verse 24 You have to listen carefully now (laughs) To finish the transgression To finish the transgression To close the transgression To finish the rebellion Oh Israel had constantly For years and years and years Been in open rebellion against God Rebellion against God have got Israel into so many difficulties throughout their history. So many difficulties, so many problems, all throughout the Old Testament. Constantly, they were straying away. And he says, at the end of these seventy weeks, that's going to be finished. No more straying. No more rebellion. Then it goes on to say, to make an end of sins. To make an end of sins. At the end of these 70 weeks, sins will be made an end of. Sins, what was the problem with? Sins were the cause of their rebellion against God. The sins of Israel it says, will be sealed up. Interestingly, Daniel, when he was cast into the den of lions, the king, he sealed the door to ensure that Daniel could not get out. Satan, in Revelation 20, when he was cast into the abyss, was shut in and sealed. How wonderful for Daniel to hear this marvelous message. then it says and to make reconciliation for iniquity three things to finish transgressions and rebellion to make an end of the sins so that they won't break out again and cause that rebellion and to make expiation for iniquity atonement A third wonderful bit of news. Their iniquity, by the end of these 70 years, there would be atonement, reconciliation. They'd be covered. All those iniquities Daniel had catalogued in his prayer will be atoned for within these 70 weeks. Those are the first three things in verse 24. Now quickly, We'll just look at the next three things in that verse. It's interesting actually, going back to the... the, the uh, that they will be atoned for within the 70 weeks. Romans 11.25 For I do not... Paul's writing about this. I do not wish you to be ignorant, brethren, of this mystery... That ye may not be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel. Israel is blinded at the moment. Paul writing. Until the fullness of the nations be come in. So that all Israel shall be saved. According as it is written. The deliverer shall come out of Zion. And he shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And this is the covenant from me to them when I shall have taken away their sins. To make expiation for iniquity. That's what it said. To make reconciliation for iniquity. Paul says, God says through Paul, and this is the covenant from me to them when I shall have taken away their sins. And it shall come to pass, Zechariah says in chapter 12 verse 9, In that day, the day of the Lord, that I will seek to destroy all nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look up me whom they pierced, They will see, when Jesus comes back to reign, the Jews will see the one whom they pierced. And they shall mourn for him, as one mourneth for an only son, and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Oh, they'll they'll weep, and they will have genuine repentance when they see Jesus, the one whom they pierced.